Welcome to the Resonate Church Podcast. We are glad you are joining us. Before we get into this week's message, we would like to remind you to follow us on Instagram or visit weareresonate.ca. Enjoy this week's message. Here's where we're going today. We are a movement. This is a great series. I'm so excited about this. It's a, it's a series about four moves that we are called to make as Jesus followers towards people. And we see each of these moves in the life of Jesus as recorded for us in the Gospels. Last week, we talked about the move towards one another. And we say these things all the time in our church. You probably get sick of me saying them. Actually, you probably say, you know, Pastor Shane says all the time. I say it all the time so that you can remember. We say things like God does his best work in the context of relationships. And we say all the time that you might just be a relationship or two away from a life change. And I don't say that because it's catchy and pithy. I say it's because it's what I've experienced in my own life. You see, the things that God has done in me over the past several years that have been the most significant, I would not have done on my own. I needed somebody with me in the journey to walk with me and help me know my blind spots. I have blind spots. You've got blind spots. And we're all wearing a mask to some degree, not just the one that's on your face with some fabric on it, that two-ply, three-ply thing. You know, I'm talking about the ones that we hide behind. You've got to have somebody in your life. And what your group does is not the purpose. If you play basketball, basketball's not the purpose. If you, if you just hang out and read a book, the book's not the purpose. The purpose of your small group is so that you'd get to know someone to the place where the mask comes down and you would be able to say, this is where I'm at, because you'll stay as sick as your secrets, but God wants to set you free. And we're just preaching another message. That was week number one last week, moving towards one another. Today, I want to talk about the move towards the passerby, not missing the moment in your everyday. Uh, I've never spoken a message on passerby ministry. Today is going to be a first, and I'm really excited about this. Then next week, we're going to talk about the move towards broken places in people's hearts. And if you've read the Gospels, you're very aware that that is something that Jesus does in his move towards people. And then finally, we're going to finish it off in week number four with a message on Jesus's move and then our move towards the poor and the marginalized. Are you ready? It's going to be good. And Uh, Today, I want to bring a message to you called Talking to Strangers. Talking to Strangers. Let's pray and ask God to help us. Lord Jesus, I love you so much. You are the king of this church and, and, and the Lord of our lives. And I pray, God, that in the next few minutes, you would help me articulate what I believe to be the very heart of God, the move towards people that we don't know. I pray, God, that you would put something into your church today that would actually... Again, just change the course and direction of our lives to look more and more and more like Jesus. We open up our hearts today to receive from you. And if you'd, if you'd say that in your heart, say, my heart's open. Come on, say it with me. Say, amen. Everybody in the room, amen, amen, amen. How many people you would say that you are a planner? You like to plan things out. You got the calendar. How many, it, like, you have your day timer within reach of you right now? For most, it's your phone. So it's going to be like, yeah, there's only, yeah, we do. We, or it could be your laptop or... Maybe you've got the paper thing going on. It's in your purse. You're a little old school. You do the paper thing. I've got some, I've got some calendar uh, tips and tricks that I use. I'm a planner. I love me some planning. I use Siri. Uh, this might mess up my phone. It's down on the front. She might talk back to me. I'll say, hey, Siri. <laughs> she's like, she's about to say hi. Uh, I'll say, hey, Siri, I need this appointment with this person at this time. And, and I don't even have to t- touch my phone to book appointments. She's just the best assistant, isn't she, Siri? 
She's so good. You know, I don't understand this about Siri. Maybe someone that's techie, you can talk to me after about this. Why is there sometimes Siri hears me and sometimes Siri doesn't? Like I could be right up with my phone. Anybody else ever? Uh, Jamila, you get this. Sometimes I'm talking to Siri. I'm like, I'm right up against my phone and she's not paying attention to me. You ever have anybody in your life like Siri sometimes? <laughs> you know what's beautiful about Siri? I'll get, I'll get angry at Siri sometimes. I'll be like, Siri! And no matter what, I yell at Siri, she's just the same. She's just like, she just stays. I want to be more like Siri. <laughs> Patience. Um, I've got some other things that I, uh, work for me with calendaring. I've got a journal called the High Performance Habits Journal. Pastor Troy bought a bunch of me, these for me back in the day. I don't know what you were saying in doing that, but he bought a bunch of them for me, and they're really great because they help me make sure that what's in my calendar actually is a reflection of the priorities of my life, the direction I want to be going. And so it's got some weekly and monthly check-ins to make sure that this is the way that I actually want to go. My calendar reflects my priorities. I'll use that. And then I've got, of course, the best calendaring help going. I've got Pastor Rachel, who helps me on the regular to make sure that the stuff that I'm missing and always miss gets in my calendar. We had a, we had a pretty ironic conversation this week when we were talking about scheduling some more chill time. And I said to her, put it in the calendar. If it's not in the calendar, we're not going to do it. And she's like, babe, we're talking about chill time. I'm like, put it in the calendar. If it's not there, it's, not, it's just not going to happen. And so I love to calendar. If I opened up my calendar right now, I'd, I'd show you what my days look like. They're more boring than you might think, but they have a lot of appointments penciled into them. I know what I'm going to do. And so here's the question I want to ask is that have you ever thought what the calendar of Jesus would look like? What September 26, AD 30 looked like on the to-do list of Jesus? Like if we could get the parchment, you know what I'm saying? If we could see it, what was on the list? Like 4 a.m., walk on water, scare the disciples. 5 a.m., fall asleep in the boat, scare the disciples. You see the theme that Jesus was on on September 26. Like what was there? What was, what was on his to-do list? And I think what's interesting to me and what challenges, I believe, a large part of our schedules is that so much of the life and ministry of Jesus that changed the world, has changed our lives as we read scripture, gives us a focus on how we live our lives. So much of those encounters were unplanned, spontaneous moments with a passerby. Now, it's not that Jesus didn't plan. In fact, if you look at the way he leads his disciples and his, his team, if you will, if you're an organization that's all about teams, it's all about the teamwork, right? Jesus was always telling them what to do and where to go and here's where we need to be and here's the time we need to be there and here's how you can get there. Jesus planned when it came to his team, but so much of the deep, impactful ministry that we read about in scripture were these unplanned, spontaneous moments with someone who was just passing by, whether it's blind men or lepers or a paralytic or the woman with the issue of blood or the centurion, we could go on and on and on. So much that we see in the life of Jesus would not have been on the calendar. And so I want to ask you then a challenge question. Come on, let's ask ourselves a challenge question fairly early on in the message today. How much did you engage with passerbys this past week? Come on, online rooms. How much did you talk to strangers this past week? And if the answer is not that many, as I look around and see the eyeballs, I actually see people darting their eyes away from mine, like, don't look at me right now. You asked a tough question that I can't answer very well. 
If the answer is not very many, well, you're not alone. It's 2021, and there's a whole bunch of reasons that we don't engage with passerbys, not the least of which is the six feet between you and the other person. And then you put a mask into that, and then you've got some plexiglass added into it. You can't even order a coffee, let alone how am I going to have a conversation with a passerby. You try, you try and order a latte these days, and it's just like you, you first you say it with the mask, then you pull the mask out a little bit, and then you duck down into the hole in the plexiglass, completely defeating the purpose of the plexiglass, and you're like, I just can't. I have to order my latte and then they still get it wrong they had no idea what you said we're just doing our best in 2021 well we're going to go to the bible today to see how to overcome some of these challenges of engaging with the passerby you ready if you got a bible go to acts chapter 8 acts chapter 8 every verse we're going to read today is going to come straight out of acts chapter 8 we're going to start reading in verse 26 it says now an angel of the lord said to philip philip is a jesus follower and he's is doing ministry in the book of Acts. And the Lord wakes him up one day and says, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So Philip started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official. So here's the story so far. God wakes up Philip, says, clear your day. I want you to go to this specific desert road. Reading onward, verse 28 says, as this Ethiopian rode along in his chariot, he was reading from the scroll of Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go and walk alongside the chariot. So Philip ran to catch up. As he drew closer, he overheard the man reading from the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet. Now, I want you to try and see the visual. Notice something with me. The visual is a moving chariot on a desert road. God tells Philip, run over to the moving chariot and speed walk next to it. Now I know that you don't have a lot of chariots in your life. So let's modernize the example. Let's contextualize to 2021. This would be as if God woke you up, say this morning, maybe tomorrow morning, and was to say to you, I want you to go to a country road. Let's say Pitt Meadows. I want you to find that country road. There will be someone riding a bicycle slowly. They will be listening to a podcast with their AirPods in, and I want you to run over to the person on the bicycle and speed walk next to them. Can you see it? Can you see it? Now you're laughing. Now you're starting to get the visual. This is an awkward situation. Imagine someone is riding a bicycle, and you would just run over them, and you just start walking right next to them. You're just like right up. You're right up on them. They're just riding, and you're just looking at them. We're just close. We're doing it. And they're looking. You, you all know what they would be thinking, right? Bro, give me some space. This is Pitt Meadows, man. You got all the room, all the... This isn't Vancouver, bro. I chose Pitt Meadows for a reason. It's a deserted place so that nobody would walk next to me as I'm biking. I have my AirPods in. Don't you see? I am busy, man. I'm doing something. And what we see here is a picture of a very socially awkward moment. One of the reasons that we don't talk to strangers in 2021 is that it's not socially acceptable. What is socially acceptable is to say, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. Okay. And then just move on. That's all that you're supposed to do. And it's strange to me that this is the case for us because even the trends in our household demographics, the number one fastest growing household demographic in Canada today, you probably already know this. You don't need me to tell you. It's people living on their own. In fact, if you go back to 1951, the average household size was five people. Fast forward to the most recent census, the average household is now less than half the size that it was just in a past generation. It's now 2.4 people. And so each of us has less and less and less people that we are rolling through life with, and yet we are talking to one another. You would think 
that if we're spending more, like less time in the home talking to other people, well then all of course we want to get out and be talking to people in the streets, right? Like I'm, now I'm lonely at home, but oh, thank goodness I can get out and I can talk to some other people. That's not the case. We're talking to people less than we ever had. Well, that's the bad news. No, it's socially awkward and not our norms to talk to strangers. But there's some good news embedded in that. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe, if you talk to someone, well, it will be the thing they need because no one else talked to them all day. I've got this one friend, Pastor John Ozanting. Some of y'all know Pastor John O. He's, 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 he's one of my closest friends, and everywhere we go, there's, there's not a passerby or a stranger that John O hasn't wanted to talk to. It's the same everywhere we go. It's a running joke between our families. In fact, after we spend time with the Zanting family every summer, my kids for the next several months just talk to every stranger that passes them by. Like, they just can't help it. They pick up on the Pastor John O thing. We'll go hiking with our family, uh, usually on Saturdays right now. My kids still talk to everyone that passes them by. I blame John O. People are looking at my kids like, what are you, what are you, what are you striking up a conversation with me for? It's just like, so John O, like he, he's never met someone that he didn't want to talk to. This is true when we were in New York City together. We were there for a meetup of pastors. We had very little time to sightsee. And Jono had never been to New York City. And so you would expect that we would just put our heads down and race from place to place, trying to get in all the sightseeing that we possibly can, but not Pastor Jono. No, Jono wanted to talk to every single New Yorker that we came across. I got a photograph that the guys will put up on the screen for me. I don't know how well you can see this in the room today, Maybe you can make out the silhouettes. This is Lower Manhattan after midnight as Pastor Jono has struck up a conversation with two guys selling high-end sneakers out of the back of their trunk. <laughs> I took a photograph to upload to our group chat that we have as couples between Rachel and myself and Nicole and Jono. And I messaged them. It was 9 o'clock their time as I sent the text and... I said, I just want you to see how incredibly awkward your husband is. Like, I just want you to see that there's not a New Yorker that we're not stopping to talk to. What's interesting about talking to strangers is that everybody had the same sort of look on their face. Why are you talking to me, tall man? Their initial reaction, and Jono's good at it. Like, he's done it his whole life. He's very funny. He's very engaging. We all love him. And even with him being very good at it, everyone's look in New York said the same thing. Like, you know, we're New Yorkers, right? Like, you just, you don't talk. You know, you just keep moving. You don't, you don't wait for, you don't even wait for the, the walking person to cross the street. Like, you understand, we're all in a hurry here. Don't talk to me. And, you know, even though they would, they would act like this and look like this to Jono, you know what Jono would do? He would just keep talking to them. Like, it's just like he didn't even see their reaction. He didn't even see their face. He would just keep talking to them. And it was amazing because at some point in the conversation, eventually the look on their face went from, I don't want you to talk to me. I don't want you to talk to me, to I'm really glad I'm having a conversation with this guy. So I said to Jono, I said, Jono, like, listen, I mean, I, I, I love talking to pastors more than the average person, like way more than the average person. But I still look at Pastor Jono as like from another world, from another league. And so I said to him one day, I said, how is it that you have zero fear of talking to passerbys? And he didn't have to think about it for a moment. He said to me right off the, right, like as soon as I asked him the question, he said back to me, it's because I care less what they think about me than I care about them. What if you were to make a switch in your life from 
this is what people want me to do, and so this is what I'll do, to this is what people need, so this is what I'll do. What if you were to care less about what people think about you than you actually cared about them? Would we talk more to strangers? So to recap thus far, we've got Philip, we've got a chariot. We've got God waking him up, giving him very specific instructions to go to that chariot. We've got Philip speed walking next to a chariot. Still nothing has been said. He's just walking next to the chariot. And where I want us to jump back in in verse 30 is I want us to see the, the one thing that really appears to be missing so far. Because what you might be saying is, Pastor Shane, I'm ready to go. Like, let's just dismiss service right now. I'm ready to go to Starbucks. I'm going to get into the line. I'm going to strike up a conversation with the person next to me. My neighbor's going to wonder what got into me after church. I'm going to get home. I'm going to be, what's up? I haven't talked to him in six years. But all of a sudden, we're going to just strike it up. I can't wait. Let's, let's just release church today. I'm going to talk to some strangers. Let's go. But what we don't know yet is what we're supposed to say to the stranger. So don't worry. I got you covered. Verse number 30. We're all going to learn from what Philip said. Here we go. This is, I love what Philip said. Listen to his lead-in. Here we go. Verse 30 says, Sir, do you understand what you're reading? Now, you're all thinking, is that, like my, is that my line? Every time I meet someone, like I'm going to be in Starbucks, I'm like, do you understand what you're reading? They're like, bro, I'm not reading. Like, what are we going to do with this? No, it's like, how do we universally apply that text to our lives? Here's how I think we do it. <laughs> What stands out to me is in this story as really key is what's missing in what Jesus gives Philip as instructions. You notice that God never told Philip what to say? Let me do a quick aside before I get back into the story because I think this is really funny uh, when I think about Acts chapter 8 and then, and then we'll jump right back in. When I told Rachel, I think it was Thursday night this week, I told her what I was, I was, I was excited about this message because I, I think it's, you know, it's going to be so good for our church. It's going to be so good for our communities as we just engage with what God's called us to do. I was excited, and so I told her about what I was going to talk about. I said, babe, it's Acts chapter 8. It's Philip and the Ethiopian. It's going to be incredible. We are having a pizza picnic dinner with our kids in Rocky Point on a Thursday night. If you're ever looking for us on a Thursday night, good chance we're there unless it's raining. We get some Spock and Napoli. We keep them in business with every Thursday night. And then we head over to Rocky Point. So there we are. We're going to have like, it's going to be a church picnic every single week. So there we are. And we're eating. And I'm telling this to Rachel and Avia, our seven-year-old. Parents, if you're ever wondering about the value of reading the Bible to your kids every night, here, check this out. Avia says to me, Dad, Philip and the Ethiopian. She's seven. That's in the book of Acts, right? And I'm like, excuse me? Oh, you're seven. I didn't even know you knew the book of Acts existed. I never even really read the references. Just read you the stories. She's like, it's in the book of Acts. She said, Dad, I just, I, I, have, one, I have one thing I'm thinking here. I said, what is it, honey? She said, you know, you said God spoke to Philip, but actually it was an angel. I said, girl, you don't, don't you be quoting scripture when you're sassing me. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, don't come with that. You want to preach on Sunday? Here's the mic, girl. No, she's... Come on, parents, read your Bible to your kids. That's all I'm saying. That's the side. Read your Bible, read, read the Bible, read the Bible to your kids. Back to the key part that's missing. God, track with me. God, the angel, as Abby would say, which is true, the, the angel says to Philip, I want you to go to that specific desert road. You would say that's very specific instructions. Next up, Philip I want you to go to that specific chariot. Once again, highly specific instructions. 
Now, when it comes to what Philip is supposed to say to the man in the chariot, God says nothing. This is surprising to me. I would expect that the content of the message would matter more than anything else. Philip, this is what you need to say to this man in the chariot. He says nothing to Philip. What are we supposed to do with this? Philip goes up and he simply asks him a question. Sir, do you understand what you're reading? Now, I'm not saying God never gives you words for people. In fact, the more that you walk with Jesus, the more and more and more you'll be listening to God throughout your day and you'll hear God speak a very clear thing to you for somebody else's heart. God does that, it's beautiful, and God will give you a word for somebody else. But here's what I am saying. When God doesn't tell you what to say, what are you supposed to do? Just walk up and find out what matters to them. Philip walks up, sees that the man is reading something, and simply asks him a question. Do you understand what you're reading? Because I can see that you're reading and that's important to you, and so I'm gonna ask the question. What that means is that your Starbucks barista does not need a breakdown of your morning devotions. It was a great revelation, but it's not gonna help her out as she's pouring your latte that she couldn't tell what you were saying anyways. She's not gonna help her. What she does need is for you to notice what's important to her. And it might be the tattoo that's on her hand that's got her son's name. It says Hunter Apple. And you're like, Hunter Apple, what a great name. I love that. How old is your son? And she says he's five. And you say, Hunter Apple, is he five in kindergarten? Yes, he's in kindergarten. Well, how's that going for him? Oh, it's going really great. Okay, mom, well, how's that going for you? You see what I'm saying? What matters to them? God doesn't send you with a script when you talk to strangers. He sends you with a question. What matters to them? What matters to them? What matters to them? And what matters to them? If you don't even know how to ask that question, here's, here's like a, a great one I love to use. What's your story? People be like, what do you mean, what's my story? They usually say the same thing. What do you mean, what's my story? Everyone's got a story. What's yours? And people go from, why are you asking me that strange question? To like, man, someone's asking me my story. This is so cool. I get to tell my story. I, most people could tell it in like five minutes or less. It's amazing. Pastor Troy, I heard recently, he just, he's just talking to someone. And he said, hey, what's, what's taking up space for you right now? There's a question. You've heard me say this one before. How are you holding up in all this? What matters to you? What matters to you? What matters to you? So let's recap so far. Are you with me? It's a practical message, isn't it? But it's, here's, I think it's good for us. Here's the recap. Jesus moved towards passerbys. I think it's such an important reminder. It's this, this series is a, a reminder that as a church, we're not about moments. I love moments. Moments are great. And you know what? If we're not careful, any group of people left to themselves make everything about themselves, church included. And so that's why we have great moments in church. We think that that's the point. And all of a sudden we start building our lives and ministries around moments in church instead of the movement that that moment was intended to call us to. So Jesus moving towards passerbys is something that we ought to see and say, okay, well, that moment I just had in Jesus, in, with Jesus in communion that just stirred up my heart, that wasn't the purpose of the moment. God gave it to me so that I could make a move towards one another and a move towards the passerby. Jesus moves towards the passerbys. Then also we saw, well, it's awkward, it's difficult, it's not socially acceptable. How do we get over that? We get over that by caring more for the person than we care what they think about us. What do we do when we don't know how to say? Come on, somebody help me out. We just find out what matters to, come on, somebody. You got it so far. Well, there's still one more thing we gotta touch back into the end of this story and see where this goes. You can't miss this part. It's all good so far, but you can't miss this part. Verse 34. 
The Ethiopian says to Philip, please can you tell me who the prophet is speaking of? Is it himself or another man? Philip started with this passage and shared with him the wonderful message of Jesus. The Ethiopian returned full of great joy. This is why every single Sunday at some point in this service, there will be an opportunity for someone who's far from God to have a faith encounter with Jesus. It's why every single Sunday I'm going to explain the simplicity of the gospel, that God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to live a sinless, perfect life and die a sinner's death in order that the punishment and pain of sin that was on our lives and the brokenness we felt could be replaced by God's mercy with an encounter of God's love and life abundant and life forevermore. Simple gospel truth. Maybe you'd say, I... I'm comfortable sharing that with my friends and and you can, and that's amazing. Or maybe you'd say, I think at this point, I'd rather just share a link to a message or invite them to sit next to me in church. That's also amazing. But I just want to remind us again that Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything. The cross is everything. We can move towards the passerby and get really great at it and make somebody smile. But ultimately, it's always, always, always a link between what matters to them and Jesus. They don't have joy in their life. I would, life is tough. I wish you had the joy I have because of my relationship with Jesus. If there's fear in their life, the answer is Jesus. If they're weighed down, if they're heavy, if they're exhausted, if they feel broken, if they're angry and depressed and in despair, the answer, the answer is always, always Jesus. Here's what's beautiful about this. As we loop it all the way back around to the people in this room and the people watching right now. We're talking today about the way that we approach strangers, but I wanna talk to you right now. Because right now you might feel like a stranger to God and he moves towards you. While you were a stranger, while you were far off, while you thought, I don't really want to talk to God, I'm not sure I want the engagement, I'm not sure I want to have the conversation, I'm not sure I'm there, and then you show up to church today, and God keeps speaking to you, and speaking to you, and speaking to you, and eventually you go from, I don't want to have this conversation, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready to, I'm so glad God saw me, I'm so glad God kept after me, I'm so glad that God kept moving towards my heart with the message that Jesus is actually the thing that I need. So today, maybe this message for you is a reminder of some things that you used to do that got really difficult in 2020 and 2021. You used to talk to passerbys because it used to be a lot easier. Well, actually, it's become easy in 2021 to just move away from people because it's tough to engage with a passerby in 2021. Today, we need the challenge bar set high again through the movement of Jesus towards the passerby to remind ourselves that as followers of Jesus, we don't set our schedules off of social norms. As followers of Jesus, we don't engage with people around us on the basis of what's socially acceptable or what's socially awkward. As followers of Jesus, we don't keep our friend groups small. We don't stay secluded. We don't turn inward. We're not all about ourselves. As followers of Jesus, we are looking for some of the most significant moments of our lives to be the willingness to move towards and talk to someone that we do not know. because that's what Jesus did for us. Maybe for some of you, it's not a reminder that you need it. It's something that you've never, ever done before. And today it's like, it seems like such a big, big, big challenge. Like, really, am I gonna do this, Pastor? I, don't, I always thought that was for someone who was better with people than I was. Pastor, I always thought that was just for a segment of the church. That was for like, that's for Jesus kind of people. 
I'm just not that person. And today, today Jesus followers in the room, I came to invite every single one of us to have more of the heart of Jesus inside of us. As we become a church that's not simply about the moment, but that's about the movement towards the passerby. Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those that give generously to our ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. If you would like to give, visit weareresonate.ca. You will find all the ways to support us there. We invite you to subscribe and share this podcast by taking a screenshot and sharing it on your social stories and tagging at We Are Resonate Church. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.